In the movies, the private eye finds a clue that the cops overlooked and it leads him, and it's always a him, to the killer. Doesn't work like that in real life. I'm a private eye. Yeah, that's right, a lady detective. Get over the shock. I work for the Continental Detective Agency, and this time, I'd landed a Lulu of a case. This time, it wasn't a matter of finding a clue. There were too many clues, and nine out of ten led nowhere. Artists Ensemble Theatre presents Mysterious Journey, Theatre for the Mind. From the pen of Dashiell Hammett, the Continental Op is on the case. A tough lady tracks a killer in The Tenth Clue. Homicide O'Hara here. Pipe down, will ya? Let go, you big ox. O'Hara, will you tell this mug? Hold it. Say that again. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, as soon as you can. What's the big idea of sending this ape to haul me in? A minute ago, he was an ox. Good work, Jenkins. Now beat it. Well? How do you know Leopold Grant? I don't. Don't pull that with me. Never met the man. Your card was in his pocket. Was... is he dead? Of course he is. That's why I'm Charles Grant. Are you the officer in charge? I'm Detective O'Hara. Mr. Grant... You're Leopold Grant's son? Yes. What's happened to my father? I'm sorry to inform you He's been murdered. What? Mr. Grant, I work for the Continental Detective Agency. Your father called this afternoon and requested to meet with a detective tonight. I was on my way there when... Do you mind, Mr. Grant? He claimed his life was being threatened. When? You didn't tell me that. I just got here. You said you'd never heard of Leopold Grant. I said I never met him. Mr. Grant, Charles, your father hadn't officially engaged my agency yet. You're hired. Wait a minute! If the police haven't made an arrest, I want you to find my father's killer. You're the boss. Now... Would everybody shut up and sit down? Mr. Grant, I'm happy to answer all of your questions. But first, I want you to look at some items from the crime scene and pick out which ones belong to your father. It was quite a collection. Notebook, papers, photograph of a woman, three letters addressed to the dead man, all of them opened. Bunch of keys, a fountain pen, two white linen handkerchiefs, two pistol cartridges, a gold watch on a gold and platinum chain, two wallets, one brown, one black, some cash, and a typewriter, which was spattered with blood. The watch and chain, the keys, the fountain pen, the notebook, the handkerchiefs, uh, the letter and other papers, and the wallet. Which one? The brown one. Those all belong to my father. I've never seen the other objects before. Is that blood? What about the cash? I've no way of knowing how much money he was carrying, so I can't be sure how much is his. Mr. Grant. Charles, please. Oh, for crying out loud. Charles, is anything missing? Anything your father usually carried? Not that I can think of, no. What time did he leave the house tonight? Before 7.30. Where was he going? He didn't say, but I assumed he intended to call on Miss Dexter. And who is this Miss Dexter dame? She's... My father was on very friendly terms with her and her brother. He often called on them. How often? Several times a week. In fact, I suspected he planned to propose. And who is she again, exactly? I don't know too much about her. Father became friendly with Miss Dexter and her brother six or seven months ago. I've met them. Miss Dexter, Cora, is young. How young? A good thirty years younger than my father. Her brother Madden is six or seven years older. He's in New York right now, transacting some business on Father's behalf. Wouldn't that be your job? Ordinarily, yes, but Father insisted that Madden act for him this time. Why? 
My father was displeased with me. Because you objected to his friendship with this Dexter woman? It was obvious that he was infatuated. We quarreled over it. When? Last week. Quarrel is the wrong word. We had words. What's your beef with the Dexter dame? I don't care for her or her brother. How come? I thought they were, well, fortune hunters, to be blunt. Why? My father was 63. An attractive young woman like Cora Dexter, do you really blame me for thinking she was after his money? Your father got a will? Of course. And? What? Who gets his dough? His latest will, as far as I know, it was drawn up two or three years ago, left everything to me. I'm an only child. Father's attorney, Matthew Abbott, could tell you if there'd been any revision. Your father was retired? Yes. About a year ago, he turned the business over to me. Okay, well, that about does it. Wait! What happened? Where? How? Can't you tell me? About 8 p.m., we got a tip from a citizen in Golden Gate Park. It says he passed a car parked on a dark road, lights out. Our upright citizen claims there's something funny about the way the man in the car was slumped over, so he alerts the first beat cop he sees. Was my father shot? No. Blunt force trauma. Murder weapon appears to be that typewriter. Whoa, sit down, buddy. You don't look good. Oh, it's the shock. I I can't seem to... You got someone to stay with you tonight? My Aunt Lydia is visiting. Dear God, I'll have to tell her. I'll have a patrolman take you home. But first, I need you to ID the body. I don't think I... Has to be done. Come on, Mr. Grant. The morgue is downstairs. While we walk, can I ask, does the name Emile Boucher ring a bell? No. Why? Did your father ever mention receiving a threatening letter? No. Or being shot at in the street? What? Of course not. What is all this? Tell you later. Charles, has your father ever been to Paris? Many times. He went abroad every year on business. Okay, this is the morgue. A word to the wise. Breathe through your mouth. The murder victim was a grisly sight. The top of his head had been beaten to a red, pulpy mess. A patrolman drove a shaken Charles Grant home. And then it was just O'Hara and me. Okay, Spill. Who's Emile Boucher? What's this about a letter and shots fired? The dead guy phoned the agency earlier today saying he'd gotten a threatening letter from a guy named Emile Boucher with whom he'd had trouble in Paris. He also claimed Boucher had shot at him the previous evening, in the street. He wanted a detective to meet him tonight. Asked for me by name. But you never met him? Nope. Nor do I know how he got my card. Maybe from a satisfied client. Anyway, on the phone, Grant said that he didn't want the police on it. Claimed he'd rather risk Boucher nailing him than go public. I was on my way to his house this evening when your patrolman picked me up and brought me in. This case is making my ulcer act up. Detective O'Hara, I've got a proposition for you. Hey, I'm a married man. Relax, Francis. Your virtue is safe with me. But what do you say we work the case together? Share what we know. Two heads are better than one. I guess I could work. Okay, the doc says Grant was killed, his skull crushed, with this typewriter. The dead guy's pockets had all been turned inside out. And all this stuff on the table, except for the black wallet, was scattered about inside the car. On the floor, on the seat. Also, this note. LFG, I want what is mine. 6,000 miles is not enough distance to save you. I want what you stole. E.B. Yeah, I figure LFG is Leopold F. Grant. And E.B. is Emile Boucher. 6,000 miles is the distance from Paris to San Francisco. The photograph and the cartridges were in the car, too? Yeah. 
The cartridges are both 45 caliber and had crosses cut on their noses. An old trick that makes the bullets spread out like a saucer when it hits. Right. Only the victim wasn't shot. Also right. We found this tuft of blonde hair in the car. Okay, this wasn't pulled out. It was cut with scissors. I'm thinking the hair could have belonged to uh, the woman in the photograph. The brunette? I don't think so. What else? The wallet. The black one that Charles Grant swore did not belong to his father. Yeah, it was lying on the road about three feet from the car. Huh. Cheap imitation leather. No initials. Inside were three newspaper clippings and a typewritten list of six names and addresses with a murder victim's name at the top of the list. A list of targets? Who knows? Plus, three clippings cut from three different newspapers, all from the personal ads. Go ahead, read them. George, everything is fixed, don't wait too long. DD. RHT, they do not answer. Flow. Harry, 12 on the dot, look sharp. B.I. The names and addresses on the list are as follows. Quincy Hallstrom, 1223 Jackson Street, Denver. B.D. Thornton, 96 Hughes Circle, Dallas. Luther Randall, 615 Columbia Street, Portsmouth. Boyd Willis, 454 East Avenue, Boston. And last but not least, Hannah Marsh, 218 West 49th Street, Cleveland. Tell me that's all. Not yet. The dead man's left shoe was missing. Okay. Fingerprints? Only the dead guys. Otherwise, the car had been wiped clean. By the way, the car's owner is Dr. Gregory Wallace, who reported it stolen at 6 p.m. So, what do you think? I think we need to find this French guy, Emile Boucher. And we need to get in touch with the other five people on that list. You think Boucher is out to kill everyone on the list? Could be. We'll run him down. Whether they've been killed or about to be killed is a cinch those people have got some connection to this case. I can fire off a bunch of telegrams to various branches of the agency, get everyone searching for the people on the list. Sounds good. Okay, it's... Oh, jeez. It's four in the morning. Let's knock off. Come daylight, you could have cops search the park for that missing shoe. Will do. Meet you back here at, say, 11 tomorrow? Today. Don't remind me. Five hours of sleep and I was back at homicide. O'Hara was at his desk staring at a black shoe and a rusty key. What do you got? Hell if I know. A janitor at First National Bank found a package in the vestibule this morning. This shoe. Grants? Yeah, wrapped in a five-day-old Philadelphia newspaper along with this old key. The heel of the shoe is missing. Looks like it was pried off. Charles Grant identified the shoe, but doesn't recognize the key. What about the typewriter? Anything? Both the letter and the list were typed on that machine. Also, we checked the doc who owns the stolen car. He's in the clear. What do you got? The agency has four operatives running down people named Boucher. Turns out that's a really common French last name. There are six families in the San Francisco phone book. Who knows how many there are in Paris? Swell. I wired New York to check passenger lists on recently arrived ships for Emile Boucher, and I cabled a contact in Paris to see what he could dig up. While we wait to hear, I guess we better interview Grant's lawyer, Abbott. And Cora Dexter. Shyster first. Let's see who gets the dead guy's dough. Matthew Abbott, attorney at law, was a stuffed shirt who droned on about professional ethics and refused to tell us anything without a court order. Then he screamed at his secretary for dropping a file. The poor girl burst into tears and fled. Shortly after that, he kicked us out. What a charming guy. What a waste of time. Maybe. Wait here a minute. 
and then he got all red in the face and started in. Excuse me? Helen, I gotta go. Bye. I hate to bother you. Not at all. May I help you? I'm such a scatterbrain. Uh, did I leave my lipstick in here? I haven't seen it. Never mind. Uh, if you find it, it's yours. Say, uh, I hope you won't be offended if I say, girl, your boss is a real piece of work. He's not very nice. Honey, he's a rat bastard. I don't know how you put up with him. I haven't been here long. I'm the third secretary he's hired this year. And it's only April. Confidentially. I'm scanning the help wanted ads every morning. Yeah? Oh, hey, here's my card. I work for the Continental Detective Agency. I know they're always looking. On the level? Absolutely. Ask for Mabel. Tell her I sent you. Maybe I will. So you're a real-life detective? Sure am. I'm working a case right now. That's why I came to see your boss. He give you the runaround? And how. See, Charles Grant hired me to investigate his father's murder. Right. I read all about it in the morning paper. I came here to ask about Leopold Grant's will. The new one? Yeah. Oh, but it was never signed. He had an appointment to come in tomorrow morning and sign it. I always sign as a witness. Right. Because he changed the terms of the old will. On account of him getting married. Mr. Leopold told me all about it. Yeah? It was real romantic. Mr. Leopold and his bride were planning to wed in secret and then set sail for China on a year-long honeymoon abroad. That is romantic. But how come the secret wedding? Because his son and her brother were both against it. Makes sense. So naturally, he wrote a new will to include his new wife. Half the estate to his son and half to her. And he's worth millions. Must be nice. Well, I should get going. But seriously, Peg, call the agency. You shouldn't have to work for a guy who treats you like that. You know something? You're right. Thanks. Finally, where you been? Getting the goods. I'll fill you in on the way to see Cora Dexter. Some swell joint, huh? Pretty swanky. What do you bet Grant paid the rent? Do I look like a sucker to you? No bet. Yes? I'm Detective O'Hare of San Francisco Police. I already made a statement. This is a follow-up. Mind if we come in? I guess that would be... Okay, if we sit? Oh, yes. Please, make yourselves... You have a lovely home. Thank you. Regarding your statement, seems like you left out a couple of things. Like what? Like the fact that you and Grant were planning to elope. How did you... Nothing stays a secret in a murder investigation. Is it true? Yes. Leo and I were to be married the day after tomorrow. How come you were keeping it hush-hush? His son was against it. So was my brother, Madden. They made a big fuss about the age difference. We were tired of hearing it, so we decided to marry quietly and go abroad for a year or so. Sounds like a plan. That's why Mr. Grant asked Madden to go to New York and handle some business there. It was an excuse to get Madden out of the way until we had tied the knot and we're off on our honeymoon. Your brother lives here with you? Yes, there's no way I could pack for a lengthy trip without him... Smelling a rat? Well, you don't have to put it like that. Did you see Mr. Grant last night? No. I expected him. We were going out. He usually walked over. It's only a few blocks. When 8 o'clock came and he hadn't arrived, I rang his house. They said he'd left an hour earlier. I called twice more to see if they'd heard from him. Then, then this morning, I saw the papers. She was good. Nothing crude about her act. But I wasn't buying it. Did Grant ever say anything about his life being threatened? What? Uh, No. Ever hear the name Emile Boucher? 
know. What hotel is your brother at in New York? I don't know. When did he leave San Francisco? Last Thursday, four days ago. Do you have any leads on Leo's killer? Nothing we can divulge at this time. That'll be all for now, Miss Dexter. So, what do you think? That dame is a sleek little kitten. Rub her the right way and she'll purr. Rub her the wrong way, look out for the claws. Couldn't hurt to check on the brother, see if he's really in New York. If he is, it's a sin she wasn't here last night. I can't see Cora for the murder. Not before the new will was signed. With Grant dead, little Miss Cora's out at least a couple of million berries. At Western Union, I had replies to the wires I'd sent the night before. None of the people whose names were on the typewritten list had been found. Not a trace. And two of the addresses didn't exist. Let's go over what we got. Okay by me. First, nobody saw Grant get into the stolen car. According to son Charles, none of the dead man's belongings were missing. Except the heel of his left shoe. Right. Grant could have removed the heel from his left shoe, hollowed it out to hide some small object inside. Like what? I got an answer from our New York branch. No one named Emile Boucher has arrived by steamship in the past six months. I've tracked down 11 different people named Boucher in San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, and Alameda. None of them knew Leopold Grant, and none of them know anyone named Emile. Meanwhile, I got a wire from New York about the brother. Matt and Dexter arrived at offices of BF Iron Corporation this morning with power of attorney to sell Leopold Grant shares. Denies any knowledge of Emile Boucher or of Grant's murder. The way I see it, we got nine clues and none of them lead anywhere. Number one, the dead man calls the agency claiming he's been threatened and shot at by a guy named Emile Boucher that he knew in Paris years ago. Number two, the typewriter used to bash Grant's skull in. Both the letter and the list of names were typed on it. What the hell kind of weapon is that anyway? If the murder took place in an office, I'd say someone slugged Grant with the first thing that he could put his hands on. But what was the typewriter doing in a stolen car? And why were the serial numbers filed off? This whole case is screwy. Number three, a threatening letter from E.B. Number four, two bullets with the crosses in their snoots. Number five, photograph of an unknown woman. Number six, a hank of blonde hair. Number seven, the dead man's left shoe was carried off. Number eight, a black wallet with a list of names inside. Number nine, the missing left shoe found wrapped in a five-day-old Philadelphia newspaper. Along with an old key to... Who knows what? Try this on for size. Say that this Emile Boucher guy, whoever he is, got flim-flammed out of something by Grant in Paris. Boucher wants it back. Okay. He picks Grant up in a stolen car, bringing along his typewriter with him. Why? God knows. Just go with it. They argue. Boucher bashes Grant's noodle with the typewriter, then goes through Grant's pockets. But doesn't take anything. Right. But he drops a photograph of a woman. But doesn't notice. The killer figures whatever he's looking for must be in Grant's left shoe, so he takes the shoe away with him. Why? Who knows? I don't believe a word of this cockamamie tale I'm spinning. Even if any of this hooey made sense, there's no sense in the personal ads, or the hank of hair, or the phony list of names, or... Yes, there is! That's the tenth clue, the only one we're going to follow. You lost me. That whole list, except for Grant's name and address, was fake. That list was planted to throw us off track. Yeah, but... And if the list is fake, it's a hundred to one that the rest of the clues are phony, too. The photograph, the blonde hair, the messages cut from the personal ads, every bit of it designed to send us in circles. Well, I'm through chasing my tail. Yeah? What are you going to do instead? 
As God is my witness, I'm going to hunt for a man whose name isn't Emile Boucher, isn't French, isn't blonde, doesn't carry a 45, and didn't murder Leopold Grant to recover some mystery object hidden in the heel of a shoe. Join us next time when the Continental Op untangles the mystery of the Tenth Clue, adapted from the short story by Dashiell Hammett. The cast includes Katie Maringer as the op, with Richard Rather, David A. Gingrich, Jody Beach, and Rebecca Smith. When forced to stop live performances, Artists Ensemble Theater began producing theater for the mind. If you can, please consider donating to AET or become a patron by pledging monthly. Learn more at artistsensemble.org. And as always, thank you for listening.